Hello and welcome to another episode of This Expat Life. My name is Amanda Maxime and as a life coach for expats and former expat myself, I'm on a mission to open up space for all facets of life abroad. And in this podcast, I share practical tips, tell relatable stories and connect with fellow expats across the globe, always with a focus on personal development. This Expat Life is your place to find real understanding and to grow from the inside out. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, one that I've been following for many years already on Instagram and one I'm a huge fan of actually. Her name is Celine Charlotte. And Celine Charlotte is a 35-year-old entrepreneur and online educator and pretty awesome at making money. She runs C Academy, which she took from zero to seven figures in under two years. With her online courses, which I've taken myself as well, she's teaching over 18,000 entrepreneurs all about building an online business, creating courses, productivity, and money and investing. She also hosts her own podcast, is a popular speaker, and has been featured in Business Insider and other media. And in her Instagram, of which I am a huge fan, she shares daily vlogs of her life as an entrepreneur, her spiritual journey, hiking in Sedona, and all her wonderful business tips. And Celine's originally from the Netherlands, but now lives in Sedona, and this is the reason that I'm talking to her. And it's been a huge honor interviewing her. She's been a great example for me, not only when it comes to running my business and setting up my online course, Expert Life School, but also for taking the leap to quit my diplomacy career and start as an entrepreneur and coach. And what I love about Celine and her courses is that she always mixes mindset with more practical tips. And this combination really helps you to get where you want to go. Her tips have certainly helped me to take the leap, as I said, to quit my job and start my business, but also to become more visible on social media, to chase my dreams and to start living the life that I want to live. And I loved interviewing her also because in this interview, again, she combines mindset with more practical tips. We speak about her love for the US and that she found a sense of belonging there and also how she found confidence and a belief in herself by traveling and by putting herself in new environments constantly, something I also very much relate to. And she shares much more in this interview, including practical tips to feel more at home wherever you go. I loved her answers and I hope you do too. So without further ado, here is the interview with Celine Charlotte. Hi, Celine Charlotte. Thank you so much for joining us here today in this Expat Life. Yeah, thanks. I'm really excited. I love talking about this. Great. I've been following you for six years. I think in 2017, I started following you. Back then, you had just opened your first business, renting out meeting locations in the Netherlands. Since then, I've seen you grow, expanding into an online business, moving to the US. And I am super excited to talk about your growth, but also really what it's like to live in the US and to have your business there. So I can't wait to talk about those things with you. Cool. Let's start. So one thing that I noticed is that you seem to love the U.S. This is not your first time living there. So I'm really curious. Can you maybe tell us what brought you to the U.S. this time and what do you love about it so much? I think one of the things is nature. I live right now in Sedona. It's a little village in the desert and nature is just breathtaking. I live in the middle of rocks and mountains and just how big the US is. Just the idea that I can step in my car and drive for 10 hours, not even reach the border and go through several different nature. The ocean, I can see the mountains, snow, the desert. I love the people. I love American people. I know that in the Netherlands, people often say that's a little bit fake because in America, obviously everyone asks you, how are you? And it's just a phrase you say, and they feel it's fake. But I just like the positivity. Most of the time when you walk around here in America, Americans are almost always 
enthusiastic. They're enthusiastic about food, about the weather or nature. There's just this optimism and this positive attitude with the American people. I love also about America, just the possibilities here. I changed my business or I'm in the process of changing it from Dutch to English. And the market is way bigger. If you speak English and you make content in English, you can reach almost the whole world. And in Holland, it's smaller, it's different. And not many people speak Dutch in the end. So the unlimited possibilities in the future, that also attracts me a lot. So I was on holiday three years ago here. And uh, I've traveled all over the world. So I've lived in Bangkok for a while, in Japan, in Bali, Dubai. And I've seen so many beautiful places. And then I came to Sedona and I just cried. I literally cried when I came in and I cried again after I think it was 10 days when I had to leave here. And I just felt this was home. This was so gorgeous. Almost a spiritual encounter for me to live here or to be here on a holiday and to walk around here. And the desert always attracted me. One of my friends who stays in my house in the Netherlands now often... She's like, do you realize that you filled your house with art of the desert without even knowing that you were living there? And so it is a bit of a weird place. It's really small. It's a retirement community. So there are a lot of elderly people. There's not much to do. Everything closes around 7 p.m. But yeah, it feels like home for me. That's really cool. I actually relate to that so much. I moved to Brazil a few years ago. I lived there for three years. And when I arrived there, I also had this almost spiritual experience like, oh, this feels so much like home. So I totally understand what you mean when you say that. What are maybe some of the challenges that you didn't expect when you moved there? Because you lived in San Francisco before, so you had a taste of it already. But maybe what was something that you found more difficult than you had initially expected? Right. I think I'm still, and it's been now one and a half year, and I'm still adjusting to certain small things, not growing up in a country, you just don't know. The Americans do things really different with money and banking. So opening a bank account takes you like three hours. A lot of people still work with checks and stuff like that. I had trouble how to pay for my bills and you have to just know all the little things that in the Netherlands are for me very easy to do. And here it's a new thing. I don't think I needed to adjust a lot to the culture because I've always loved the American culture. So that went fine. I think it's more the practical stuff, knowing how to pay bills, health insurance, how to get electricity for your house, how it works when you have to put a car in your name, stuff like that. Yeah, all the small practical things, but that secretly take a lot of your time and energy probably. Yeah, totally. And I'm also, I'm such a nerd, so I want to know everything really well. And especially in my business, I know everything tax related in the Netherlands, or I know it better than I know it in America. And here I have to get adjusted to a whole new language around business and taxes. So I'm reading a lot of books about it. Something that I always experienced myself when I lived abroad was that I felt like a different person in that country. So I'm really curious, did the US change you or do you feel like a different person living in Sedona? I've never felt more myself and at home in America. And the first time that I went to America was when I was 21. I was an exchange student. And I remember landing in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia isn't one of the best cities in the US. And I landed somewhere on the airport and I took a bus to one of the shopping centers. And looking back, it wasn't in a good neighborhood or anything. But just walking around in that shopping area, I just felt that sense of belonging, of finally coming home. I literally realized that first day of being in America, wow, this is actually where I should live. <laughs> and that feeling just never got away. I traveled 
to so many countries. And I love other places too. I love Bali, for instance, too. But it never felt like home to me. In America, it feels that I can be the version of myself. That I sometimes in the Netherlands, for instance, can't really be or that I get a little bit called out for. And in America, it's just normal. So it feels more at home, more familiar to me. So how does that version of you look like? We see some parts of it on Instagram. But how is the American you? <laughs> I think I am that version in the Netherlands too, but I just get different reactions on it. In America, it's very normal that if you walk around on the street that you compliment people. Like, oh my God, love your smile, love your dog, that you start chatting with people. That's what I do usually in the Netherlands too. And that's also something I really enjoy. Just a happy vibe around you when you interact with other people. Success is being celebrated in America. If somebody drives a beautiful car, it's fun to see and congratulations. And that's amazing. And people are curious about how to get more success or how to achieve something instead of where in the Netherlands, I feel it is less celebrated. And it's more like, don't act like you know better or don't act like you have money. Those are two things that I really feel are different in America and that I love better here. The positivity in the people here. I'm not cynical at all. A lot of Dutch people are pretty cynical. I'm not cynical. There's no cynical bone in me. <laughs> I don't enjoy cynical jokes. Like it's not for me. And I feel it's also different here. Yeah, I know what you mean when you talk about the Dutch way of being cynical and not celebrating each other as much as possible. Yeah. I do find that hard as well. So maybe the US is also something for me. I'm also curious about something else because you share a lot of your life on Instagram. I've been following you there for years. And last year you went through a major life event. You had a divorce that you experienced. Can you share a little bit how you coped with that being so far away from your loved ones in, back in the Netherlands? Yeah, that was pretty hard, to be honest. Now, FaceTime, for me, it feels so nearby. I was debating with my friends if they wanted to come over or if my family wanted to fly over. And I was like, you know what? For me, just being able to FaceTime you guys in the middle of the night or during the day or whenever I want, that feels for me almost as close as just being really nearby each other. And... I FaceTime with my friends back in the Netherlands a lot. So every day, at least for an hour or sometimes two hours. I remember one of my friends being extremely afraid when I was moving away. Maybe the friendship stops. But we actually became even closer because we FaceTime so much. So I feel that FaceTime is an extremely good alternative to just seeing each other in real life. In that way, it didn't really affect me too much. All of a sudden, I had to do all the things by myself that before... I had a partner who was an American, so he knew all the American rules. So all of a sudden, like all the little things that I didn't do by myself, I had to find out. But that was okay. It taught me a lot. Thanks for sharing. Something related to that is that I really admire you because it seems like you always have a rock solid trust in yourself, whether you start a business or move to Sedona or you always seem to reinvent yourself or your business. How do you keep believing in yourself in times of change? I actually think that traveling made a huge difference in that. You gain confidence in yourself when you see that you can do certain things. And I started traveling when I was 16 or 17 by myself. And I remember I decided to go to Madrid by myself. And I was, I think, 17 years old. And somehow I thought it was adventurous if I wouldn't book a hotel or a hostel in advance, but I would just search one when I was there. So I arrived, I think, 9 p.m. at the airport and I 
uh, took a cab to the city. And then I started looking around for a hotel and I couldn't find anything. Everything was booked. I think there was an event or something in that weekend and I didn't look for that. So I got rejected with every hostel and it became 11 p.m. and it was 12 in the night and it was 1 a.m. and I still was just roaming the streets with my little suitcase crying. <laughs> and there was this one instance that I banged on the door of a hostel and it was like six floors up. And then they were like, no, there's no space. So I turned around and then they turned off the light in the hallway and I fall off the steps and I was just like laying underneath in the dark and I was like, okay, I need to go to a police station or I need to find a safe space now. It's too dangerous to just walk around the street. I think I end up calling my dad and asking for money for a hotel so I could afford a better hotel because they had places. So I find a hotel room in that night. But experiences like that and just the ability to know that whatever happens, if you're in a new environment, there are ways to survive it. I think that gave me a lot of confidence to understand that whatever happens, I can find methods of making it work for me. I gathered a lot of skills. And if you love learning, if you make that one of your core hobbies almost, then you always know that you can use those skills in life. So that works. That helps too. So it's confidence in yourself, knowing that you can survive no matter what, almost. And also this love for learning new skills. Yeah, a really small exercise that I did when I was younger. And I don't do it in that way now, but I just gave myself challenges. Like you find it really scary to go out to dinner by yourself. You just go to the restaurant around the corner and you don't have to stay long. You just stay 30 minutes and you order one dish and then you can be gone. Every time that I completed one of those challenges, your confidence in yourself grows. Yeah, absolutely. Do you still give yourself these challenges now that you've moved to the US and you've conquered so many new situations? Is it still something that you do? Well, I'm not afraid anymore of such things, but I think I do give myself challenges when I don't understand something. So for instance, right now that all the tax situations in America, I still will give myself a challenge. Okay, what you're going to do is you're going to read a financial article in an American newspaper and you're going to look up every word that you don't understand. And then I know that after 30 minutes of doing that, that I will have some extra knowledge that I didn't have half hour before. It's right now mostly surrounded knowledge or things that I'm a little bit scared of or that I feel like I don't have a lot of knowledge around. I give myself such small challenges. Yeah. I would love to talk a little bit more about you expanding your business into the US. I'm really curious, what are some challenges that you experienced besides the tax issues and what was maybe surprisingly easy or nice about moving to the US with your business? I'm in the early process. I don't have a course yet. And most of the time in your business, there are two big things at play. One is just purely the skills you have to do the work and the other one is mindset and for me I noticed that the biggest struggle was the mindset because I'm so fluent in Dutch obviously and I'm used of teaching in Dutch for several years just teaching in English and even podcasting in English was such a big struggle for me I felt I couldn't do it and I wasn't able to say all the things that I wanted to say in the way that I do it in Dutch and that made me extremely insecure so Right now, I'm focusing most on my mindset. I want to overcome those obstacles. And one of the reasons that I'm recording a lot of podcasts in these days is that it helps me become more confident in English and more fluent. And that I start realizing, oh, it's not too bad. You can do it, actually. But I literally had to think of certain strategies for me to overcome those blockages. So instead of what I first did trying to record podcasts all by myself and every time failing and every time feeling like, oh, this is not good enough, this is not working. I started thinking maybe 
I can make podcasts together with other people. And you now interviewing me, that's like a really strict deadline, right? You are here ready and I have to show up. I have to talk in English. By giving myself challenges involving other people in it and give myself strict deadlines, it actually helps me with my mindset and my insecurities around it and just do it. And I think that I gave myself around 20 hours of podcasting like this, because I thought after 20 hours, I'm probably more confident in it. And then I will start doing the English courses. I think one of the things to answer your question a little bit more that I'm excited to about bringing it to the American market is that all of the software, most of it is first made for English speakers. So for instance, the editing programs that I use now for a podcast or for videos, if I speak English, it's automatically translated into English. And for Dutch, that's not always the case. And I can hire now worldwide people for my team. I can promote worldwide. So that idea of that expansion can be so much bigger and that everything is more easy to use software. That's really exciting for me. So what I hear from you is that you are really excited actually by all the opportunities and the blocks that you or obstacles that you do see on your path. You just create a different way of thinking around them. So I love what you said about this podcasting by myself isn't working. So I'm going to put a deadline with others to it. Actually, because you did that, it worked the same way for me because your interview with me was the reason to start my podcast a few weeks ago. And also, I like that you say, give yourself a few hours to do it because so many people get stuck in this analysis period that, oh, I'm not ready yet, whether it's about starting a business or moving abroad. And at some point, you just got to take action because you learn so much from imperfect action and making it perfect in your head. Yeah. So I love what you say about that. I always feel that you can delete everything. If I would be extremely unsatisfied with my first English course, I can delete it a year later and start a second English course, or I can even delete podcasts that I bring out. So in the end, I never do that because when I look back now at the first videos I made in Dutch, I feel a little bit awkward about them. I feel a little bit embarrassed. But if you Google me from five or six years back, you'll find all this footage of me. I think right now it's hopefully inspiring for people to see my beginning and how I struggled in the beginning to become what I do now on the Internet. And it's actually really fun for me to see that too. Like, oh man, I was struggling so much. Or I remember that I was so embarrassed about this or so scared to film this movie. So I'm very excited already to, in a couple of years, look back at these videos and be like, oh, do you hear your accent? And I see you're struggling sometimes and that is cute. So yeah, progress is fun instead of embarrassing. That's a whole different approach to it. And I love that you're already thinking from the future you, applauding the current you. So you mentioned some of like more general challenges when it comes to expanding your business internationally. And I know you're just starting, but do you already see some changes that you need to make spe specifically for the American market? So maybe different I skills that you need to have or strategy or behavior? Totally. I need to be better. First one. <laughs> I'm a keynote speaker in the Netherlands and I think I am one of the biggest trainers in the Netherlands online. Here in the US, obviously nobody knows me. There's so much more competition. There's so much more amazing keynote speakers. So I really have to up all my skills. It's really exciting so far because I became a little bit lazy in the Netherlands. I was a little bit done with learning and it was easy for me to get keynotes or it was easy for me to get students. And right now I really have to up my game. And one of the things I am working on very actively is storytelling. And that was one of the things in the Netherlands that I think that a lot of people looked at me or wanted to learn storytelling from me. But I think that... I have a lot to learn in storytelling in comparison with most Americans. I hired a coach in public speaking again. I really 
have the idea that I have to start almost from the beginning. And it's a little bit a hit to the ego, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> because it's kind of annoying that you worked your ass off for four years and that nobody really knows you're here. And at the same time, it's exciting because in the end, you never really start from the beginning. Of course, I have already some skills that I can use or that I practice so much in Dutch. And it's just a new way of positioning yourself and I think also evaluating what skills do I have what skills do I need to learn from this market definitely the storytelling skills also in the Netherlands I do think that I already had a pretty American approach of selling so when I was selling courses I always looked at examples in America and learned from them so I think my way of selling is already pretty American um I am still discovering what this market needs. Yeah. That's really cool that you are really up-leveling yourself in any way. It's almost like you get to start over again and pick, okay, what do I like? What do I want to expand? And what do I need here? And yeah. again, that's a really exciting phase to be in. I also I really admire your storytelling skills. I've followed a course from you on storytelling on Instagram. So I can't wait to see you up-level those skills even more. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> Is there something that you would do differently regarding your move or regarding the business expansion in the American market? So I stayed for almost a year in Airbnbs and that was because I couldn't really find a house. I think looking back, that was also a little bit of a compromise with my partner back then. I was ready when I arrived in September, I wanted to buy a house in October and I was ready to pull the trigger. And it was just because I was in a partnership that I didn't do that. Looking back, I was like, oh, I wish I did that because a year in Airbnbs was pretty tanking on me. And I've got my own house now since the early December. So it's around two months. And it feels so grounding. It feels so amazing to have my own silverware, my own bed, my own couch. <laughs> I love being at home and I love making things at home. It was really tanking on my energy to be so long in Airbnbs instead of an own house. For the next time when I go somewhere and I know that I'm going to live there for a longer time, I think... As soon as possible, I want to buy a house if possible and otherwise rent it for long term instead of just staying in Airbnbs every time. Feeling at home is so important. Your environment determines so much how you feel. So if you don't really feel grounded and at home where you are, it has an effect on other areas in your life. Totally. What was the best decision that you took so far? I adopted a dog. I think that is amazing. It's a huge responsibility, obviously, but it's really grounding. My dog and me, her name is Bella, are this little family. I think for a long time I've traveled around so much. And even when I was living in the Netherlands, I was always saying I live partly in the Netherlands, but partly I'm out there. But now in America, I feel differently. I really want to stay here. I really feel this is where I belong. Having a dog and with that, a little bit more difficulty, obviously, of traveling around with the dog. I was scared of doing that first, but now I feel really happy with the decision. It makes me feel grounded and extremely happy. She's an amazing dog. Oh, that's really nice to hear. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen her on Instagram a lot. She looks really cute and amazing. So she's really sweet. And I think that another thing that I did, and I try to do that every time when I move to a new country, is I really take the time to get to know my environment and the shops around me. So in Sedona, it's a small village, so it was easy. And I've done it, I think, in three weeks or something. But I visited every shop in town. I go in, I introduce myself or I buy something. It's just to get to know your environment and to know what shop sells what. It's a really easy way to feel more at home in a place. 
And I did the same in the supermarket. I think I took three or four hours to go to every aisle. And of course, in a new country, you don't know all the products yet and really study the products they are selling. So for instance, oh, okay, they have like 700 types of milk or 60 kind of different cereals. And just getting to know the products, that was also making me feel at home quicker. This is a really nice practical tip, but again, with a lot of effect probably because it makes you feel more at home. Thanks for sharing. So just to finalize this episode, because I know your time is limited. This is a question I ask all my guests on the podcast, and that is, what is your number one hack to make traveling or living abroad easier? I usually always bring Christmas lights with me in my suitcase <laughs> because I notice that whenever I go to a hotel room or even Airbnbs, if the lighting situation is just this harsh light on the ceiling, it's not really cozy. And whenever I brought my own Christmas lights, that made a room immediately more homey and more fun. I usually don't spend my time in cafes or bars at night, but I usually just spend it at home reading or something. So that was for me a really quick hack to make everything feel more cozy and more at home. Usually when I go to an Airbnb for a longer time, I go out on the first day and buy some cleaning products. Just to have my own cleaning products. I give the whole house a scrub. And it takes an hour or something. But just the idea of that you're homemaking in a way. You're making it clean for yourself. And even though it was already clean, it just feels nice to have touched it and made it yourself. I buy some flowers. I buy sometimes plants. And usually, and that is something that people don't really think of. But if you're staying something for three months or six months. And if the mattress of the bed is really bad, I would easily buy just a new mattress. I would go to a shop, buy a new mattress or buy a new pillow. Sleep is really important to me. So stuff like that I would invest in, even though it was only for six months. And usually when I would leave then, there was always, and it depends a little bit on the country, of course, but I could always make somebody happy with that mattress that I bought. So it never really felt like a waste of money or, or resources because you can just give it away to somebody who can really use it. That is usually my tip. Just make the place that you rented really feel at home. Sometimes when people move abroad or when they start doing a digital nomad journey, I usually would only book an Airbnb or a house for two or three days just to land, just to be in the country. And then I would start finding a more permanent home when I could literally come in and check the environment out or check the house. So just to be sure that it's not next to a big road or that the internet is working, I would just send them a message like, hey, I'm thinking of renting your place for three months. I'm around the corner. Can I come by and check it out real quick? And that is also a good way to not make big mistakes in renting a place where you're going to stay. Yeah, that's a great advice. Thank you. So where can people follow your next endeavors in the American market in Sedona? How can we find you? <laughs> well, you can come to Sedona because it's pretty small. So I think we're going to see each other. I actually have met a lot of Dutch people who are now here in Sedona. But most of the time, I'm just on Instagram. That's the best way to find me, Celine Charlotte. I've got a YouTube channel. But yeah, the Instagram is where I spend the most of the time creating stories and reels. Great. We will find you there. Thank you so much and good luck in the US. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And if you did, I think you might be interested in Expat Life School as well. Expat Life School is my signature program for expats and globetrotters who are still looking to shape their life abroad. And it combines mindset with more practical expat life tips. And this is the perfect combination to create your best life abroad right now, but also in the future as you take those insights with you wherever you go. 
It's a course you can do entirely at your own pace as you have access to it for a full year, but it also comes with a community period of three months. And in those three months, we'll go on a learning journey together as a group. And there will also be five group sessions to dive deeper into the course topics and to ask all your questions on expat life and personal growth. And the next round of expat life school is starting next Sunday, 5th of March, 2023. So if you've just moved abroad and are still shaping your life there, or maybe you've lived somewhere longer, but you're not entirely happy, or perhaps you're going abroad soon, then join the next round of Expat Life School. You will get all the tips, tools, and support to create your best life abroad. I've included the link to sign up in the show notes. And lastly, if you like this episode, I would love to hear from you. You can find me pretty much daily on Instagram at Amanda Maxime, and I would love to get a DM from you with your thoughts about this episode or the podcast in general. And because I'm just starting out, it would also be really helpful if you could leave a review about this expat life on the platform that you're listening to the show. All right. Thank you very much and see you next time.